Welcome back to another episode of Motor City Bets. My name's Trevor. I'm, I'm joined here today with Josh. Josh, how are you doing tonight, sir? Trevor, I am doing fantastic. I'm very excited and glad to get back to uh, another recording here of the Motor City Bets podcast with you. And I know that we have a lot to unfold and, and dive into this week. How are you doing, my friend? It's like Christmas Eve for me right now, sir. I could not be more excited. Obviously, Josh and I are talking about the official announcement of online sports betting going live in the state of Michigan. So at noon tomorrow, which is Friday, I think it's January 22nd, we're live in the state of Michigan, which means that we can really hit the ground running. We're, we're so excited. Oh, Trevor, I have been... I've I've been asking you about this day since since when Thanksgiving. I've been asking you. I've been asking you. I've been Trevor, 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 Trevor. Just give me a guideline. Can you give me a a, a set of dates? And and it was always well, you know. Here's an update. Here's an update. And you know, I was hoping, you know, oh, Christmas time that'd be perfect. Oh, that didn't happen. And the new year rolls around. Trevor, Trevor, are we going to get it, you know, soon after the new year? I don't know. It, it, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. But Trevor, this day has finally come. And I, I cannot contain my excitement anymore. I have by no means, I have by no means become the type of gambler that you have. But I mean, you, you have, you know, really brought me into this beautiful community of gambling and I, and I'm very grateful for for you taking me under your wing and I I'm I'm incredibly excited and looking forward to you know online gambling being legal here in the state of Michigan come come 12 p.m. Eastern time yeah, Josh, I think you said it perfectly. I couldn't, I, I couldn't be more excited. I, I want to say real quick, thank our friends over at Play Michigan. Uh, they had a live blog starting probably around Halloween of 2020. And I, I probably refreshed that maybe three or four times a day. That being said, as excited as Josh and I are, please remember to bet responsibly and bet within your means. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Josh and I are doing this for fun and for entertainment. We're not, you know, we're not risking our houses, our livelihood. So please keep that in mind when you're gambling. I think that that's a good jumping off point here to, to explain how basic sports gambling works again for people who may not, you know, may not have a history. I feel like a lot of people are going to be interested in this, especially with the Barstool Fund. You know, shout out to Barstool Sports for all that they've done, trying to help small businesses. If you use their sports book this weekend, Penn National Gang, which bought a minority share in them or something along those lines earlier this year, last year, rather, is going to match your initial bets. So they're going to and that, that those bets are going to go directly to helping small businesses within Michigan. So if you saw that on any of the social medias or even on the news and you're like, oh, shoot, like it's a great time. I can bet a little bit and it's going to help the small community, but you don't know what to do. Well, I'm going to go ahead and explain that right now. So there's three types of, of typical sports bets you're going to encounter. You have the point spread. That's also known as puck line in hockey or run line in baseball. You have money line and you have the point total. So the point spread is going is what you would use to separate the different the two different teams. Like that is what the Vegas odds producers are predicting the winning margin is going to be. So I'm actually going to pull up a live example here so we can just look at this easily. It's not confusing, but so give me one second as it's opening here. Yeah, Trevor, and while you pull that up, I'm just going to explain a little bit uh, more something about, you know, the Barstool Fund and everything that they're doing to help save small businesses, not only in the the, the state of Michigan here, but in, you know, New York and uh, Pennsylvania as well. Uh, I believe if I read the terms and conditions correctly, whatever your first deposit is, if you place that on your first bet, that is what is going to be donated. That's what Penn is going to match and give back to small businesses here in the state of Michigan. So for myself, you know, my first initial uh, deposit is going to be $30. And the first bet that I place uh, is going to be worth $30 so that I ensure that the money that I deposited is matching my bet and that it's going to go to, you know, the saving, helping out the small business here in the state of Michigan. So if I read the terms and conditions correctly, 
you cannot place, I'm sorry, you cannot deposit, do a hundred dollar deposit and then do a $50 wager and they will not deposit the $50 that you bet your uh, deposit has to match your bet. So, you know, for all of our listeners out there, if you are partaking in the online sports betting that opens up tomorrow here in the state of Michigan, please, please, please try to make sure that your deposit matches up with your first wager because what Dave Portnoy and the Barstool Fund is doing to help save these small businesses is truly remarkable. And I have the utmost respect for, for Dave Portnoy and all the Barstool gang. That's, a, that's an excellent point, Josh. Actually, I had not read the fine print. I did not know that what you originally deposited is going to, you have to bet the entirety. So I guess my first bet every place style online legally in the, in the state of Michigan is going to be a little bit more than I thought that I was originally going for. So with that point, we're going to look at the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And Josh and I, a little bit later on in this episode, are going to get into our full championship weekend breakdown. So I'm not going to offer any insight or anything here, Josh, with no commentary. I'll just simply how to how to bet this game. So if you're going to go point spread, the line is set at minus three for KC, which means it's plus three for Buffalo. Money line, Buffalo is plus 145, and Kansas City is minus 167. And then the point total is set at 54. So that, that all sounds interesting, right? But that doesn't really mean anything unless you know what you're looking at here. So the spread, that line being set at three, means that if you place a bet upon the line there, let's say you want to bet on Kansas City at minus three, they have to win the football game by more than three points in order for that bet to hit. Conversely, the Buffalo Bills then would have to keep the game within three in order for you to win that bet. Money line is a little bit more basic. So you're just choosing a team that you think is going to win. Typically, the drawback to money line is that the odds are – you know, kind of crazy. If if there's a, the favorited team is going to have really low or really high odds, rather, or really, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you said the numbers are way bigger. So you're not going to win as much money. Whereas the underdog is going to have a higher, you're going to win more if they win. And the point total is really simple. Vegas, I'm not exactly sure how they do it, but they, they come up with all of these games and they have a prediction for the amount of points are going to be scored. So on Sunday's contest, the line is at 54. <laughs> So if you think there's going to be 55 points scored, you would take the over. If you think 53 points or less is going to be scored, you would take the under. So that's basically the three normal types of bet. There's only one other one, which is a prop bet. So in that same game, there's a prop bet for Josh Allen to throw over five, 305 and a half yards. And the odds there are minus 112. So you might see that minus 112 and be a little confused. So I'm going to explain that part of it too real quickly here. So in America, we use American odds, such as that minus 112. So all that essentially means is that in order to win $100, you have to bet $112. Now, let's say that you see a line that's plus 350. You have to bet $100 to win $350 in that sense. So essentially, you look at it with how much money you have to bet to win $100 if it's minus or how much money you would win if you bet $100 if it's plus. So I think that, that that about sums it up. Josh, is there anything that I was missing there, sir? No, that that sounds all good to me. And, you know, like I said, I just want to clarify, you know, one last time about the uh, Barstool Fund deposit match donation, as I have, you know, it pulled up here in front of me. If your first time deposit is $100, your next bet must equal at least $100 in order for Penn National to donate uh, towards, you know, small businesses and match your, uh, your deposit. If your first time deposit is a hundred dollars and you only bet $50, your deposit won't be matched. So like I said, it's really important if you are going to participate in gambling that if you're looking to help small businesses here in the state of Michigan, which why would you not due to the unfortunate events of this COVID-19 pandemic, please, please, please try to match your first deposit with your first bet. Hopefully you'll be able to walk away with a, with a little bit of extra money in your pocket, but also you would greatly be helping out 
a lot of the small businesses in here, here in the state of Michigan that have been affected by COVID-19. Perfect, Josh. That's a, that's, like I said, dude, I, I really did not know that. And I'm going to have to now make a bet bigger than I thought I was going to. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. In, in the tradition of talking about Michigan, because we are a Michigan-based podcast and a Detroit-based podcast, even more, I want to transition us into our Detroit sports update segment here. So first thing that comes to mind, there was a pretty prominent interview today. Josh, do you want to you talk a little bit about that? What interview yeah, was I talking can't. about today? You were talking about MCDC. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who don't know, that would be Motor City Dan Campbell, baby. He had one of the most electric opening pressers that I have seen from really any Detroit sports coach in quite some time. And you know, he made a very good first impression with me, I'd have to say. Um, <clears throat> I liked my biggest takeaway from from Dan Campbell's, you know, initial press conference was this dude brings a shit ton of energy. Oh, and absolutely. A complete unit on the energy front. Oh, no doubt. And for me, when I look at coaches and coaching staffs, that's one of the biggest things for me is guys that are, they just resemble, they resemble a player. And I think Dan Campbell is, is a, an additional player on the sidelines. You know, he, he's, mm -hmm. he's one with the players. He, he he's able to relate to them. And that is really exciting to me. One thing that really threw me off were, you know, some of Dan Campbell's analogies, um, specifically the one talking about eating people's kneecaps. See, that um, actually kind of, th th that made me fall even a little bit more in love with the guy because Honestly, he sounded a bit like he was stumbling, and to me at least, like he was stumbling through those analogy sections of that. Because I think I know what he was saying, and I don't think he necessarily—he probably did mean to say eat his kneecaps, but I'm not exactly sure that's the expression that he was exactly going for. Um, but either way, I fucking loved it. I mean, just hearing that out of a guy. I mean, Detroit—we've been kicked in the dick for fucking—I don't know—forever. <laughs> three Forever. 300 plus no years doubt. now i mean like we had we had a nice little run for a little bit there i mean before the super bowl era which does feel like 300 years ago and to have a guy walk in here and be like hey listen i know this city's been kicked in the dick and i'm gonna go kick people back that fucking like dude I, elect the man the mayor like i don't, I don't know give him any like, whatever he needs sign the extension right now like he is my guy and i think i mean i Obviously, I've been saying it on the record because we just started the show recently, but I've been saying off the record for quite some time that the biggest problem in the Detroit lineup, really, especially for the Lions, rather, I guess, is that they have no passion. They have no emotion. Jim Caldwell, I think, was a really good X's and O's coach, but he wasn't very good, I don't believe, at motivating people to kind of like, you know, he didn't have the like the hoopspa. Uh, Matt Patricia, similarly, a very a very smart individual. Um, I guess his tenure kind of would maybe indicate that he's not so smart, but I, I don't know if you discredit. I, we're not here. That's an offseason conversation. We can talk about the pros and cons of Matt Patricia then. I do think that everyone can agree that he was a smart dude. Um, but, you know, there was controversy after that first week that when the Lions lost to the Jets in his very first game as a head coach that he had, that he didn't have the room. And I think long, long-winded story short here, the MCDC is going to walk into that locker room and it's just going to be his second or maybe third home. I mean, like, I think that he already has the locker room. And seeing some Lions guys tweet out about the positivity about Brad Holmes and MCDC, I mean, it gives me as a, as a long lifelong Lions fan the first chance of a little bit of hope. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel a sense of hope. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and uh, quote one of my good, uh, he's not even a good friend. He's just someone I love to follow on social media in Evan Foxy from the Pat McAfee show. And you, uh, you heard it, you heard it here first, Trevor, but our Detroit lions are going to go 10 and six and get a playoff win next year. 
So we're, we're hopping into the way too early predictions, Phil. On. So you're going 10 and 6 plus a playoff win in the calendar year, or I guess the season 21 22. Uh, that's yeah. Dan, Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, the excitement. I, I haven't felt this excitement. I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't even know if I felt this excitement when Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia came to town. I did. You know, uh, yeah, I, I think the biggest difference for me is just, it, it's, it's new. And, and maybe I'm a, a same old Lions fan. Maybe I'm biased. I probably am. I, you know, my prediction could be dead wrong. We could be shit. We could probably be six and 10 and, scraping the bottom uh it's definitely going to be interesting to see you know in the coming weeks what dan campbell and brad holmes are trying to focus on for the future and what kind of things that they want to prioritize moving forward i agree with you completely and i and if i'm i'll go on record as well as giving a way to early prediction i'm gonna go nine and seven just to be a little different I do think we make it to the wild card, and I do think we get a win. Um, and I think that, that is what essentially keeps Matt Stafford around for a little bit longer. I think if we don't make it to the playoffs next year, Stafford has to go, not because he's the problem, but because it's truly a sign for a restart. I would be quite shocked to see these guys come in here year one and shift everything up. But look, Josh and I will definitely get into that during the dog days of the summer when there's no when there's only baseball on. But <laughs> I think an interesting I do think an interesting part of, of these hires and, and the kind of emotion that's coming out of here is that the Lions for the first time ever are kind of taking the Detroit Red Wings approach. You know, bringing Chris Spielman in, he doesn't obviously have the same role as Stevie Y, but they're kind of bringing players back to try and build a winning like culture there and you're seeing a very similar story being played out in the Detroit Red Wings organization which is just really exciting. I also off the record, I, I've been saying that I think that, you know, the end of the 2020s is really going to be the year for Detroit sports. I can't necessarily speak to as much the Pistons because I don't really watch the NBA too much, but as far as the Tigers, I know that they have a lot of good young talent. The wings have a lot of really good young talent. And I think that, you know, Detroit lions were only, a, a winning culture away from actually having a winning culture. And I think that MCDC kind of brings that here. And so I'm really excited. I think, that, I think that we're going to, we're going to really, we're going to really enjoy the championship parades that are going to come here in the next decade. I, I, I do want to transition a little bit away from the lines and, and kind of touch upon what I was talking about earlier with the wings and how they've kind of shifted around things a little bit. So they did have a game between the last time that we talked and they looked really good. Not only did they get the win, they looked good doing so. They were they were kicked around a little bit. There's lots of momentum swings, which you know happen in hockey. And last year, the Wings would have just rolled over the second that the momentum left their sails. They were done. However, this year that they're coming across frisky. I, I don't think that they're going to go far or do well. Nor do I really want them to because I want them to get a top five draft pick. But. Oh, if they're going to lose games, I want to see them lose games in a dogfight. And if they're going to win games, I also want to see a dogfight. And we saw that in this past one against Columbus. Essentially, it all came down to the Wings scoring in the first 15 seconds of overtime, basically off Bertuzzi's dick. And then they all celebrated. Like, they won the Stanley Cup after that, which is just amazing because to see that passion coming out of that team is really exciting. And I think that we're going to start to see a little bit more of that passion out of the MCDC squad in – and uh, pro football there. So, Josh, is there any is there any other Detroit sports news going on that I, that I may not that we may not have already covered? Well, yeah. I, first off, I, I want to give my you know wings take. I was able to watch that game between the Wings and the the Blue Jackets, and it was probably the really really the first game I decided to sit down and and watch and you know kind of keep my eye on. I don't know uh, a ton about hockey. It's it's really not my my go to, but I have to say I was impressed uh, in listening to the broadcast. It sounded like Jeff Blashill did make a pretty substantial lineup change, which the announcers of the game uh, were a little surprised given the drastic changes that were made. Uh, I believe. Michael Rasmussen 
is how you pronounce his name. Yeah. He, he was added to, I believe the first line. Um, and I don't know, like I said, um, I'm no hockey expert. It was definitely good to see the wings out there fighting. They were able to get, you know, pucks on net, which is the ultimate goal in hockey. It's, it's my, by far and away my favorite phrase. I also love that I, phrase. I'm definitely interested to see, you know, how, how the rest of the season pans out. I'm with you. Uh, this team's going to be very hard to watch at times. Uh, the The only things you can really ask for are for them to, to play their hearts out and to, to try and compete, you know, night in and night out. And I think a lot of the future is promising. And I want to just accredit that to, to Steve Eiserman and, the kind of, you know, hockey player and, and person that he is. I believe I listened to an interview with, I could be wrong, but it was Bobby Ryan. And I believe they asked something along yep. the lines of why, why Detroit, you know, why, why the, why the Red Wings? You could have gone anywhere. You know, this team is rebuilding. You know, this team's not good. This team's not going to win anytime soon. And in the interview, Bobby Ryan had one answer and it was Stevie Y, Steve Eisenman, man. I think that just goes to show the type of influence that he can have, you know, leading up to the future years. And hopefully uh, the, what the Red Wings can can provide to this city and hopefully bring home a, a, another championship to the city. But, I, uh, you know, I think that's about it, what we have for our, our Wings talk. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Trevor? Yeah, I just want to, oh, I want to touch on I want to touch on a couple of points that you had just mentioned there. I think that a lot of what we're talking about, especially when it comes to Detroit sports, is just culture. Um, you know, I think we're in a bit of a renaissance in culture from a sports perspective and from a city perspective. You know, before this pandemic, you know, I'd just taken a job and I was only had a chance to work in Detroit for about nine months before the whole pandemic started, but. You know, even seeing the attitude of the city shift in those nine months, uh, there's, uh, I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited to see to see where we're going to be just as just everything in Southeast Michigan. I think it's just going to get even better. Um, from more of a sports perspective, though, you're exactly right. You know, when you bring a guy like Steve Eiserman in who built the Tampa Bay Lightning, which won the Stanley Cup last year, like he is a winner at all levels. And he got his dick kicked in for a lot of years as a, as a young captain of the Detroit Red Wings. And it, it wasn't until later on in his career that he started winning Stanley Cups. So he knows, he knows the pain and he knows the suffering and he knows what those guys have been through who were here last year. And I'm just generally excited to see where they're going to go. I really do believe that the Wings are probably going to win the first championship in Detroit out of our former sports. Um, and I'm just excited for it. Uh, and that that quest continues on Friday night against the Hawks. That's the first game we're going to be able to bet on. And uh, Wings are underdogs against a long time, long time ge- geographical rival in the Chicago Blackhawks. I think you guys can figure who I'm taking there. Hmm. I think I think you'll uh, you'll be able to give us a little bit more insight, you know, later in the podcast, Trevor. Perhaps, but uh, perhaps. I think. Perhaps I, th- I think it's uh I think you know let's talk a little bit here about the the Pistons. Yeah, they're they're bad. They're still <laughs> they're still bad. They, they 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 had a they had a good game against the Hawks uh, up until the fourth quarter where they blew a lead. Game went to overtime. They ended up losing. It, it wasn't you know at this point in the season and, and at this point with where the Pistons are at. You, you want to just see them compete. You want to see the young guys getting in. You want to see Sadiq Bay. You want to see Josh Jackson, Isaiah Stewart, Saban Lee, just just to name a few guys. Um, some update on Killian Hayes. He's been out since, I believe, January 4th with a hip injury. He was the Detroit Pistons' seventh overall draft pick this last fall. He Do you know where he went to school? Uh, he was from France. He uh-huh. was a he was a international prospect. Okay. So it's been reported that he is recovering now from his hip injury. The good news is that he is going to avoid surgery, which is always great news, especially at 19 years old. 
the recovery time actually there is no set recovery time uh but so far the pistons have announced that they are going to keep killian hayes out for at least eight weeks and after those eight weeks they're going to reevaluate him he has a torn hip labrum oh geez and According to the free press, it's preferable to treat, you know, torn hip labrums with rehab if possible. So it's good news for the Pistons that they haven't lost Killian Hayes for the entire season and his rookie season hasn't gone to waste. Hopefully he's able to come back in the later half of this season to play in the second half, which is going to be huge for the development of him and this team moving forward. One final note I want to put on the Pistons before I'll let you give any insight you might have, Trevor, is there's not a lot of buzz around this yet. And I'm not crazy for saying this, but Jeremy Grant is an all-star. The man is averaging, I believe, 25 points a game. He came over from Denver. We signed him to a three-year, $60 million deal in the preseason. He looked horrible. And he's finally putting it together. He's able to get to the bucket. He's able to, he's been shooting the three ball very, very well. I believe he's shooting at around 39%, which in the NBA, that's considered fairly high. And he's getting to the line, executing on his free throws, getting getting to the middle of the paint, getting to the elbows, floaters, jumpers. They're all falling in. I'm not going to say it now, but Jeremy Grant has hit the over in his points per game. 13 consecutive games there, Trevor. Oh, that 13 in a row. I mean, ugh. I like I like that, Josh. I was actually I I saw on Twitter a little bit about Jeremy Grant. And I was going to ask you. I was actually gonna, like my only insight about the Pistons was asking you about who that guy is. Uh, so I appreciate you giving us a little bit of a detail there. I, I'm I mean that's exciting though. Like that is that a guy that, that Detroit can build around in the future? I mean he signed a three year deal in three again at, at the end of his contract. Are, are the Pistons going to be in a place where they can maybe actually can like be in contention for the playoffs or? Is he just kind of uh, padding his own stats so he can sign a bigger contract someplace else? You know, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see. He's currently 26 years old, turning 27 in March. He'll be 30. I'm sorry, he'll be 29 going into his summer of free agency, turning 30 in that later in that season. Okay. I, I think he's... It, oh, it's It's hard to tell right now, but Based off of what I'm seeing, I think he's a part of the future of this franchise. And that's really, really exciting to see because he is he is young. He's He's got some experience. Like I said, he played on the Nuggets last year, came off the bench, averaged, I believe, 12 or 13 points a game. And now this season, he's averaging 25. He had uh, 32 points against the Hawks in their overtime loss. I think he's a part of the future Uh, following, you know, the end of this contract, it'll be interesting to see how long of a, of a contract they would be interested to signing him for, because I would say typically you start to see a a decline in in production of players and their, you know, productivity around the 33, 30, you know, somewhere around there, 33, 34 age. And that's unfortunately something we're starting to see with Blake Griffin. He did play his best game of the season against the Hawks, but he's not, he's not looking to, he's not looking like the old Blake Griffin, not the same Blake Griffin from the LA Clippers and definitely not the Blake Griffin from the Detroit Pistons that we traded for. For the sake of this team, I'd really like for him to turn it around. Hopefully at the trade deadline, we'd be able to flip him. He does have a significant contract, which might be a little difficult. But if we're able to, you know, get Blake Griffin, trade him to a contender for for some draft capital, I think that'd be a huge win for the Pistons. Derrick Rose is Derrick Rose. He he continues to, to be a spark leading the second unit off the bench. He's a great mentor, you know, to all the players on the team. And, and that's another, you know, great thing that in having Blake Griffin, he's a very good mentor for this team. Like we said, this team is young. They've got a, a lot to, 
to improve upon. But back to your your question, I, I'm going to make a prediction and say, yeah, Jeremy Grant, he's he's a part of this Pistons future, and as a as a Pistons fan, I'm excited about that. I re, I really am because he's he offers great size. I believe he's about six eight, six nine, long wingspan. Obviously, a bucket getter if you're averaging 25 a game. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, two, three years down the road where the Pistons are at and, and their development with some of their players and, and who we're able to draft uh, in the upcoming years. So, yeah. I uh, Their next game is also on Friday at 7 p.m. So I think that it might be worth looking into taking that, that prop that Josh mentioned earlier. But – I'm going to go ahead and transition us a little bit away from just Detroit-focused sports to kind of the, the general sports world. And there's a pretty big-name guy going up against another guy yeah, in some UFC on Saturday night. I don't know if you ever heard of Conor McGregor before, but I was last told that he was retired. Um, interestingly enough, it seems as though he's fighting for real on Saturday night. I yes. have absolutely no insights at all on UFC or anything along that sort, but it's McGregor versus Poirier. Poirier. I'm not, it looks French to me and I, my French is really bad. So uh, on a whim here and don't put this on my ticket, but uh, Conor McGregor's, I mean, he's probably going to win, right? I'm going to bet on McGregor on Saturday night. I feel like that's, that's the smart bet. I have a, a couple of buddies who are, are a little bit bigger into the the UFC aspect and the fighting, you know, side of of that kind of stuff. I'll definitely reach out to them. Uh, be sure you guys check out our, our Twitter this weekend. We'll be posting some of our our live bets that we have not uh, said on this podcast. Hopefully, we'll be able to you know, give you a little more insight. Maybe if we're going to be throwing down some, some money on this fight as it pertains to McGregor and Poyer off the initial reaction and odds to this. I mean, it, it's, it's Connor fucking McGregor. Exactly. You know, it, it's kind of hard to, to, to bet against this guy. I don't know a whole lot about Poyer. You know, Hopefully, after talking to some of my buddies, I'll be able to get a little bit of a better insight about where, because I definitely think I'm going to throw a little money on this, just a matter of how much, and really, depending on what my buddies say and what I'm comfortable with, but like I said, please make sure you guys check out our Twitter account to keep updated with you know any parlays or, or bets that Trevor and I have placed for this uh, upcoming weekend with the opening of online gambling that's a great call josh and we're we're both going to be we're gonna be live tweeting the championship games again on sunday like just like we did last week and i think that that's a that's a great point we're, we're gonna have some insights on these fights maybe eventually and i do have some stuff that i'm actually going to put on my ticket a little bit later on in the show here uh, i want to transition us josh into something that i'm just otherwise incredibly passionate about and that is how we are, as sports fans, just getting completely fucked by all these different subscriptions and streaming bullshit. So today, I had $15, which is nothing, on the Colorado Avalanche to take... I took the puck line against the LA Kings. That line was minus one and a half. Real simple bet. I had to jump through a thousand fucking hoops in order to get there. And eventually, and now I have ESPN plus. So me as a sports fan, I have ESPN plus I have, well, I have AT&T plus the sports package because they don't offer anything other than football or cable network shows. I then have sling TV so I can get some more sports and it's just fucking like, it's, it's unreal. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. Like, Josh, are you a Reddit streamer, or, or do you have to fucking buy into these cable cutting measure bullshits? I'm gonna be honest. When it comes to streaming sports, I really don't go out of my way to stream sports. I'll throw on whatever I can find on ESPN, ESPN Two, ESPN U, ESPN News, yeah. T 
TNT, TBS, CBS, Fox, ABC, whatever I can get my hands on. I think it's kind of ridiculous that we have to, you know, invest more and more money into all these numerous platforms. It's it's just a money grab for a lot of these companies. And you got to respect the hustle, but as well, a, as a consumer, as a consumer, it's it's definitely a little frustrating. That's fair. I just didn't know if maybe, I mean, it sounds like I do kind of stand alone here where I just end up actually buying these streams, but for fuck's sake, now <laughs> you had to have ESPN plus to buy the fucking McGregor for Like I can't just go to K. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe that's just me dating myself. I mean, I, I'm only 23, but I feel like that's an old man take to say that I just want to go on cable and buy my own fucking thing on my own. <laughs> but either way, Josh, I think it's, it's high time. We move, we move ourselves on to what everyone's been thinking about. What all of us gamblers are a little bit anxious about championship weekend. Yes, so the sir. first game that we have on Sunday is at about three o'clock and it's going to be against Tampa Bay against Green Bay. We have Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady took down the small giant that was Drew Brees just last weekend. He walks into Lambeau, an underdog. Aaron Rodgers had what some would say is an MVP career as a Detroit sports podcast. I'm not sure that I have the clairvoyance to call Aaron Rodgers an MVP. I don't even know if I have the mental. He's an MVP. I, 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 I personally can't say it. I, I personally I can, can. I can read it. If you had texted it to me, I could read it and understand what you're saying. If I see it on Twitter, I can understand it. If someone tells it to me, I can hear it and understand it. But I physically can't fucking say it. And I, and I won't, I'm not going to be held to that level. I, I just, I'm, I, I no. However, he's been playing real good. <laughs> he's had a great year. And it's the first championship game that he's held in Lambeau field. A lot of the people out there are saying that Tom Brady's a warm weather quarterback, somehow forgetting that he played all of his career until this year in fucking Boston. Good point. Very good I, point. Bet against Tom Brady last week. I got fucked. I didn't. I had I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers money line, Trevor. You did. You did. But I can't sit here and bet against Tom Brady two weeks in a row in good conscience. And I can't bet against Tom Brady with the man who I personally, well, I guess I don't know him personally, but, you know, I mean, spiritually don't like. I think that my bias is pretty loud here and my incredible bias is forcing me to take Tom Brady. I don't know how you bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs in the championship round. I don't know how you do it. You know, that's, that was some beautiful insight, Trevor. Oh gosh. This, this game, these, both of these games have, have been, you know, they've been on my mind a lot and I haven't been able to make up my mind yet. I am going to have a nice championship Sunday parlay. I, I haven't decided the terms and, you know, I may buy some points when it comes to the spread or the over under. Well, we will tweet out. Oh, of course. Of course. I will, bets on Twitter. I will definitely tweet that out. Uh, prior to Sunday's kickoff, for me, it's it's really oh gosh, it's it's hard to go against Green Bay at home right now. And I know how much you disapprove and dislike Aaron Rodgers, but that is the NFL's MVP this year. Knock on wood, but I don't even think I got a knock on wood. I I think it's a lock. You know, after the Green Bay Packers decided to not really gave Aaron Rodgers any weapons and maybe even put a little pep in his step by drafting Jordan Love in the first round at quarterback, finding their next heir at quarterback. It's, yeah. it's hard for me not to, it's it's hard for me not to go against Green Bay here, you know? Well, here's Three a, and a half. He's a little bit of, of something I just discovered that might sway my my opinion and also everybody else's. It is supposed to be 29 degrees and snowing in Lambeau on Sunday. 
Um, that point line right now is set at 51 and a half. Uh, snow football and overs don't exactly have a healthy relationship. I might, it's not, don't not on the ticket, not ever, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Trevor. a little towards the under. I'm leaning towards the under, Josh. I, it's, I, I'm, I decided to look at the weather while you're fucking sucking Aaron Rodgers' cock over there a couple <laughs> minutes ago, and I, I'm seeing 29 degrees in snow. I mean, that screams under. Screams under. You also have two would very de- good running backs or very good running football teams. But if you have to run the ball a lot, Green Bay's run defense was not very good. You know, it was not. You know whose run defense was very good? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I I formally just talked myself back into fucking Tampa. <laughs> I'm taking Tampa in this game, and I'm probably going to take the under. Like I said, Josh and I are going to get to our, our official pick later on to end off the show. So none of this is on my ticket officially, but – 29 degrees, snow, Tom Brady, playoffs, under, run game, Tampa fucking Bay. That's uh, – I'm glad you were able to, to pull yourself together there, Trevor, and, and and finally get back to your senses. You know, you had me a little worried there. I was with, horrified with, the whole with, time. With, with Green Bay. And then I'm thinking, you know, the total 51 and a half. I'm very glad you looked up the weather for us. That over under does seem to be screaming under a little bit right now. But, you know, like Trevor said, we'll, we'll get to our official pickums here as we end the podcast. But I think, uh, do you have anything else you want to say about this game or you want to kind of switch over to the uh, AFC championship kicking off at 640? Yeah, I think I want to go a little bit meta here, Josh, if you're comfortable with that. Um, the NFC has sucked all fucking year. <laughs> if the NFC goes ahead and wins the Super Bowl, that's that's just because the AFC was a better conference. And we are obviously an NFC, pro-NFC podcast, but the NFC sucked. The fact that, I mean, like Tom Brady's an anomaly. He's got to be. Like, how the fuck? I just... I don't even know. I'm I'm at a, I'm at a loss for words when it comes to trying to, to process Tom Brady, and I I don't even want to have to to try and think about it anymore. He's probably going to play for another fucking five years, and so we have two of the oldest quarterbacks that are still playing at a competent level: R.I.P. Drew Brees, um, my second team, and the NFC. And then if you let's jump over to the AFC now, the six forty. Hold up, Trevor. I got one last thing. Go for it. Go I, for I, it. I'm not, I'm not trying to. To hurt your confidence towards the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Little side stat. Aaron Rodgers record at Lambeau Field in December and on. 19 and 3. 19 and 3. Oh. Well. Uh, that doesn't sound good. too that's yeah, good. That is that that's that's very, very <laughs> that's, good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> um wow. You know what? That actually, that stat, Josh, pushes me even further into Tampa's camp because <laughs> 19 and three, I mean, he's bound to lose at some point. Statistically, he's not going to win every game. And 19 and three is winning goddamn almost every game. Yeah, I'm fully bought into Tampa. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I could solidify your, your confidence towards sure. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers there. So I guess, you know, moving past the two oldest quarterbacks left, let's look at the two youngest quarterbacks left. We have a fully healthy Josh Allen against a uh, uh, possibly, I mean, listed cleared to play, but that's that's questionable in my book. Patrick Mahomes, uh, the line is favoring Kansas City at minus three right now. Um, props to the NFL for having, you know, the one and two team in the NFC and the one and two team in the fucking AFC. I mean, I love to see that for sure. But Josh, Kansas City minus three. Patrick Mahomes really banged up. The Bills have the love of America behind them. What what do you take? Like, who, what, what are your initial thoughts on this game, sir? Oh, gosh. This game... This game scares me because I love the Bills and I want the Bills to go for, to the Super Bowl. 
you know, we've got some, some friends from, uh, from our fraternity who are big time Bill's Mafia members. Got out Quinny and Grano. Amen. Quinny and Grano, baby. And if we were to talk to them, they would tell us we'd be foolish to not bet on Buffalo this Sunday. The thing that scares me is yes, Patrick Mahomes, you know, is, is coming off the concussion, but there's just so many weapons on the Kansas city offense. There's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you know, Le'Veon Bell isn't what he used to be. I can't remember if last Sunday, if Clyde Edwards Hilaire played or not. He was injured. He, okay. He was injured. So was Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Okay. So then, you know, there's also uh, McCole Hardman and for Buffalo, their run game is atrocious. It's it's absolutely brutal, you know, between Devin Singletary and, and Zach Moss. But I believe Zach Moss went out with an injury last week. I, I could be wrong. It's too early for me to give, I, I would say, my picks. Like I said, I want to do a little more research. Probably going to end up buying some points in this game game. So to hear, I don't Josh, know which way. to hear Josh's picks, you have to follow us on Twitter and he's going to tweet them before the championship game. Uh, unlike Josh, I'm not a little pussy boy and I have, <laughs> I have my picks. Josh, let me, let me try and convince you just a little bit more here. Let me, let me, let me, let me sweeten the pot for you a little bit. Enlighten me, Trevor. Guess, guess what the weather's going to be in Kansas City, Missouri, which I didn't really realize was in Missouri until a few years ago. Yeah, slide on me there. Look at but you educating yourself. It's going to be 42 degrees and raining on Sunday. 42 and raining. When you hear 42 and raining, Josh, it kind of makes you kind of makes you think of the run game. You're not going to be able to pass the ball too much. If you're passing the ball, you know, if the pocket starts to break down, you're not going to be able to force a pass. Patrick Mahomes is banged the fuck up. Josh Allen's healthy. Uh, you got to kind of think that Josh Allen can scramble out of the pocket just a little bit cleaner than Patrick Mahomes. At the current state of affairs due to Patrick Mahomes' many injuries, if, the, if it's raining and you're going to have to try and force pass plays, that then would favor the man who can scramble out of the pocket better. And in all circumstances, usually you'd have to favor Patrick Mahomes, but he's injured. Josh Allen's not. I, I mean, before I even saw the weather, Josh, I was I was leaning towards the Buffalo Bills. Not to mention I have a future on the Buffalo Bills, the only team remaining in the playoffs that I have a future on. But that point total is at 54. 54 in the, in the cold rain in Kansas Ugh. City, Missouri, on the edge mm. of the plains. A windy rain, to be even more specific, according to Google Weather. Man, <laughs> I fucking I love the unders. I, this is this goes against everything I've been taught, everything I've ever learned, Never. everything I've ever believed in. But I'm gonna. Uh, this is not like I said officially on my ticket, but I'm really leaning towards the under in Green Bay and the under in Kansas City. Trevor, are do I need to send a doctor over to you? Are you feeling okay, man? No, this I'm is, definitely this not. Is, this is not like you. You're always underdog in the over. Always. That was my go-to regular season move. And I think that it's the postseason for me too. And you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta switch it up. You gotta you gotta dig a little bit deeper in the postseason. Rooting for the underdog in the over is a is a real regular season type move because that's what that's what the people want here. It's just got to be the under. I mean, the under isn't what people want, but it's 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 the playoffs. These defenses are yeah. good. These defenses are good, and they're obviously here for a reason. It also goes to say that these offenses are good. I believe I saw a statistic. Uh, I'm not really sure where it was from. It might, may have been TikTok, and TikTok is one of the most – reliable sources Naturally. when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to statistics like I said these are the top four offenses in the NFL this year 
I don't know if that's going to swing any decisions that you might make pertaining to the over. If I'm looking to have a little bit of a safety parlay, I might go and buy some points for the under or the over. But like I said, I'm, I've got a lot of research and a lot of work that I got to do uh, on this, on these two games. It's definitely going to be a great, great weekend of football. I am totally looking forward to it. And then we'll have a, a nice little off week before February 7th. We'll have the beloved Super Bowl. Yeah, I couldn't be more excited, Justin. You hit the door on the end there. We're definitely in for a treat when it comes to football this weekend. Uh, I really hope that Patrick Mahomes can play at a healthy level because I think that Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen in the playoffs is pretty much how you write up the fucking script. I mean, it's almost as good as having Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. I mean, we have great quarterback competition, which I think is very exciting. These these teams are close. I mean, it's fucking championship weekend. It's exactly what you'd expect. If you're going to follow us in gambling, I definitely think that looking at halftime points might be a more fruitful way, uh, especially maybe live betting at halftime to try and get a feel momentum. Momentum is going to be a big factor in any playoffs in any sport, but without fans, that momentum is generated within. You know, I know that KC is going to have some fans there, so that might help them. And I'm not, I'm not sure if Green Bay is allowing people. They might have a couple, but you know, I don't, I don't know if they're going to have as many as KC. So I think that the road versus home game kind of does play a little bit of a factor here, which does go against everything that I previously said because I'm taking unders in uh, road, road underdogs. But I guess we'll see. I think to kind of end up our chat on the NFL this week, though, Josh, there's been an awful lot of conversation about one Texans quarterback by the name of Deshaun Watson. Uh, one of our good buddies who may be a future guest on the show was saying that if he was the GM of Detroit, he would trade Stafford and two first round picks plus a second round pick to the Texans organization in order to get to Sean Watson. Josh, we've talked about this a little bit off air. I want to put this on air. What are your thoughts on that preposterous trade? I think it's kind of ridiculous if I'm being honest, not in the sense of it's maybe not worth it because Deshaun Watson is one of the top six, top eight quarterbacks in in the NFL, you know, when, when he's on, but Stafford two first rounds and a second, that's a lot to give up, especially with Detroit when they have so many positions that they need to fill. And, you know, quarterback might be one of them, but is it, is it worth the future? You know, we have a lot of holes on defense that the Lions need to fill. My prediction is that Watson's going to be out, but I don't, necessarily know where yet maybe he could go to Miami you know in, in a in a trade that would include Tua and, and the third overall pick maybe Which some additional was originally the Titans pick or the te- Texans pick I'm sorry yes correct the Texans pick other than that I all I know and all I'm willing to guarantee is that Sean Watson's not going to play another snap for the Houston Texans. He's, he's played his last game there. He's very unhappy with management and and the way that they have not necessarily uh, prioritized him in terms of wanting his opinion about the rebuild. One of the big things that uh, I was very excited to see was, you know, Taylor Decker taking, taking the initiative and going to the higher people up in the Lions organization and saying, I want to be heard and I want to be a part of this decision and these decisions that we're making for the future of this franchise, because I'm going to be here. And I think that's really important when it comes to building a team and continuing your team to grow. Deshaun Watson has played his final game and taken his final snap for the Houston Texans where he'll end up next season. 
that's to be continued. Yeah, I agree completely with you there, Josh. I think that, you know, I'm not exactly sure the need to get pissed if the upper management doesn't include you in future franchise building. However, if it's something you ask for and they just completely, they tell you yes and then ignore you, which is pretty much, I mean, I'm summarizing here. That's pretty much what happened with Deshaun Watson. You know, I think he has every right to be pissed off. However, I do not know if he's worth everything that everyone thinks that he might be. I do think he's a very good quarterback and he'll find a home somewhere, but I just, I don't know if that's the the ill will of the Texans or if that's just, you know, maybe, maybe it's on him. I think that he's an excellent passer. I just don't know. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, I I think a decent comparison to him might be Russell Wilson. They both can bomb a football and move if they have to. And I think that Deshaun Watson's uh, a generic brand version of Russell Wilson, which might be an incredibly hot take. And I might eat my words next year if he wins a fucking Super Bowl (laughs) or MVP. And I would be happy to, but I do think that he's putting himself on the same level as Russell Wilson, but the difference is that Russell Wilson is just a better playmaker. So I don't, I think there's a team out there for him personally, and this is a little bit weird, but I'd love to see him on the, on the bears, not as an NFC North fan, because that would suck, but uh, he's going to have to go to a team that is only missing a, a good quarterback, a good passing quarterback, away from a championship. And I think that the Bears have the roster talent right now. They just don't have great coaching or a good quarterback. But that defense is aging, and and I think that if they could get a competent quarterback, which Deshaun Watson, I mean, I was ragging on him a couple seconds ago, but he's still very good. I mean, I'm ragging ragging on him because he's that good. Like, he's elevated his play enough to deserve criticism from people sitting on their couches with the microphone. You know, obviously he's far better than a far better quarterback than I I would ever be. I just don't I don't see him. You know, I I don't see him staying in the AFC either because there's no AFC team right now that is just a quarterback away from beating teams like Kansas City. Deshaun Watson's not gonna really be the difference maker against a guy like Patrick Mahomes. So I think that he has to go to the NFC if, 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 from a franchise perspective if you're trying to make the playoffs and, you know, make it to the Super Bowl. And really, I don't, I don't really know what teams want to take a chance with this guy when this, this, this draft is so quarterback heavy. I uh, would personally – I mean, if he's going to be in the AFC, maybe the Pats take another chance. I, I don't know who their guy of the future is yet, but I could see if he if he's coachable, I could see Bill Belichick really crafting Deshaun Watson to, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback just so I could eat my own fucking words. Because the man can throw a fucking football. Absolutely. So I, I really like what you said. If he's staying AFC to go to Miami, uh, I guess my favorite, my favorites right now, AFC, Miami, NFC, the Bears. Uh, I, I really don't. No, if I have an AFC, I'm sorry, an NFC favorite. I'm trying to think of teams that, you know, need a quarterback. The Bears, the Saints, the Saints can't do anything. They are absolutely fucked with uh, cap space this this upcoming year. I think James Winston might be their their guy. Or Taysom. Taysom, hell yeah. Taysom and James, the two of them together. I mean, that's, that's pretty fun. Oh, it would be incredibly fun. I mean, Taysom and Jameis are both very fast. And you add in Alvin Kamara, who's very fast. You have Emmanuel Sanders, who's very fast. And Michael Thomas, who's very dependable. All of a sudden, their offense just looks completely different. But I don't want to give away too many offseason type topics tonight. I think we'll have plenty of time this offseason to discuss all of our hypotheticals of where we think teams are going to go. Just any, any closing thoughts on the Deshaun Watson quote unquote controversy. Uh, I don't have too much to really say. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how things unfold, but my predictions are expect him to be not playing for the Texans 
and expect the Texans to get an absolute haul for him because he did just sign a big time contract and they are going to want a lot of picks and potential players in return. Yeah, I agree with you. My last hot take is I think JJ Watts time as a, as a Texan might be might be nearing an end as well. That's uh, something I think to watch as we look at this offseason. I could see a potential trade with Deshaun and maybe JJ to another team to clear up even more cap space for the Texans and draft picks. But, you know, like I said, that's more of an offseason conversation. I do think, Josh, it's time to kind of bring the show, bring the show home and end it up a little bit. We are going to start a new pick em part where we each are going to pick three bets that we are going to put all of our weight behind. And Josh and I are going to go head-to-head over the course of the rest of the normal sports season, which is going to end in around June or so. Uh, Josh and I haven't quite decided what we're putting on the line yet, but it'll be something. And it starts today. You know, it starts – well, I guess it starts at noon on Friday the 22nd. But my first three picks for our first pick I'm, I'm going to go parlay Tampa Bay money line plus Buffalo money line. I've been rolling underdogs the entire fucking year. Let's cook. That's plus 535. My second pick that I'm putting on my official ticket is Wings money line Friday night, the 22nd against the Blackhawks. Wings are underdogs plus 135. And then I'm going to spice it up with a bit of a prop bet in a sport that I know nothing about, as we talked about earlier. With Connor McGregor winning in the second round, that's plus 450. Josh, I'm going to kick it over to you. What do you think about my three picks and then give me your three picks? Josh, you there, buddy? Yep, sorry about that. Little internet issues. Um, You're good. I have to say they're they're bold. They're very very bold. Tampa Bay money line, Buffalo money line. That's that'd be will, a very interesting Super Bowl. I woke up feeling dangerous. Oh, of course you did. Of course you did, Ricky Bobby. Wings money line. Loved that McGregor prop. That's that's a pretty significant bet. Odds are plus four fifty there. Right now. I'm going to say my pickums. You did scare me a little bit with the weather forecast for Kansas City in that game. However, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs have one of the best friendships on and off the field. Right now, Stephon Diggs, I got a couple of prop bets. Stephon Diggs over 94 and a half yards. I think it's a lock. I think the Bills are going to move the ball. I like they're that. really they're really going to utilize Stephon Diggs, especially in the passing game. He's a very electric receiver. He normally averages over 94. I'm sorry, 94 and a half yards. That's why I like this prop bet. He's hit, I believe, on. 13 or 14 of his prop bets on his yardage this year. So that's really good to see. Odds are minus 112. The next prop bet that I have, I'm riding the hot hand. The um, the line is not out yet for this, but I am taking the Jeremy Grant over points prop. I'm expecting him to ball out in tomorrow's game I'm sorry, in today's game against the Houston Rockets, who are without Christian Wood, the former Detroit Piston power forward slash center. Pistons are at home. I think Jeremy Grant is going to pick apart that Rockets defense. That is my second pick And I've been a little undecided about my third one. I'm going to take Baylor covering the point spread against Oklahoma State tomorrow. Now, I'm going to look this up very quickly. And the point spread for tomorrow. I'm sorry, this is for Saturday. I don't know if the odds are out yet. They are not. 
But Baylor's the number two team in the nation. They are a very, very talented basketball team. They most definitely deserve that ranking. However, if I'm remembering my statistics correctly, they have covered, and I believe over 60 to 70% of their games, they're going up against a talented, somewhat Oklahoma State Cowboys team. They are led by Kate Cunningham, who could potentially be here in the Motor City next year if the Pistons somehow land the number one overall pick. So I'm taking Baylor and the spread, even though it's not out yet. That's I think that's a little. That's I, I I love that move out of you, sir. I mean, that is just that's just screeching gumption and gusto right there. You basically just pulled an MCDC move on, on our on our people here. I, I love to see that. You've talked me into the Stefan Diggs over. You've talked me into the the Jeremy Grant over points. I'm not adding any of those to my ticket, but don't be surprised if we tweet out you know this weekend that I took an unders parlay and also took Jeremy Grant over points prop bet. So that's our show folks. I appreciate you guys sticking around with us and listening to all of our, all of our conversations. We had a, we had a pretty busy week in Detroit sports, especially with the, the news of us launching officially at noon on Friday, the 22nd, as always, please bet responsibly. And everyone have a great weekend. We can't wait to talk to you guys on Monday after our first full weekend of online betting.